Hey, what's up, guys? We're live. So welcome to the Truth About Real Estate podcast. And today we're introducing you to Bruce No. He is the Chief Marketing Officer of Stronger Mom Properties, a Bay Area local company who specializes in house hacking. Um, you know, excited to talk to Bruce today and learn more about house hacking and how to live for free, um, in, especially in the San Francisco Bay Area, Silicon Valley. So hey, Bruce, welcome. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate you having me on. Good. I'm glad to have you here. And, you know, first off, like, you know, let's talk about what is Stronger Mom Properties? Stronger Mom's Properties, uh, I, I guess uh, we're an investment uh, real estate company uh, that specializes in house hacking. Uh, we like to buy really big houses and then split them up into uh, rooms and rent out each individual room, either through Airbnb or, or short-term rental still uh, month to month. Um, the property that will I'll probably talk about a little bit later today uh, is a month to month rental. So the tenants in there, they, they tend to stay a little bit longer because they, they're working here for like one to two years. Uh, so, yeah, so we provide a really good uh, luxury product uh, at affordable prices. Nice. And how long have you guys been uh, doing this in the Bay Area? Uh, for about four or five years now, four or five years. Um, I've actually I actually joined the team about a year ago. And I completed my first house hack project within that year. Wow. And that must be completely different because normally the traditional model is, you know, hey, I'll, I'll work, I'll save up for a job, and then I'll buy yeah. my place to live. No, Most people don't think about, hey, I actually could do some house hacking. You know, like what is house hacking anyways? Yeah. So house hacking is where you purchase property and you rent out a portion of it uh, to pay, help pay off the mortgage or, or even a portion of it so that you have that capital to do other things like build another business, buy another property, or go on vacation. <laughs> I see a lot of people doing that, going on vacation uh, from their businesses uh, or, or whatever uh, nowadays. So yeah, so that's house hacking in general. Just we want to be able to pay off and even some of the utilities. In this particular house that I'm sitting in right now that I live in, uh, all of the utilities, all of the bills are paid off through the rents from tenants. That's really good. I don't think most people have thought of that. And like, I think one thing comes to mind if you're I'm house hacking, I'm living with other people and they're seeing, they're seeing me every day today. Is that, yeah. how, is that how it works? Uh, yes and no. Yes and no. So uh, we have three, we are holding three house hacks right now. Uh, two of them, we've built walls uh, so that the owners of those house hacks, Tom and Ken, my partners, uh, they actually never see any of the, uh, the tenants ever. Right. But nice. for me, I live in one. I live in one and uh, I actually share the air, the cumulative areas. Right. So we as a community uh, and it's funny. It's a funny time with COVID and everything. Right. Because the thing is, I actually never see them that much. I only see them ever if ever during the times uh, when we eat lunch and dinner. That's pretty much it for lunch. Everybody's kind of like on the go. Right. They either go and pick up things from the door from DoorDash. Uh, or they just make a quick meal and then get right back to work. Um, and those are the type of tenants that we generally have in this type of property. Uh, and then during dinner, they hardly ever cook. They meet a lot of the meal prep over the weekend and they just have a quick bite and then off to their rooms or to go on a bike ride or, or go running at, at night. So as far as that goes, I actually don't really see them. I probably want to see them more, <laughs> kind of get to know the people I'm living with, you know? Yeah, that is a, definitely a different model. It's a, a newer model from before, but in general, it's actually a great way to do it because you're actually now you guys are, you know, you're owning a house and you're being able to leverage the house 
by having additional tenants who are in the house paying, you know, a, a big portion, especially in the Bay Area when the cost is so high to live here. Um, right. Having that subsidized to pay for the mortgage is definitely a big help. And actually, you, you can create a positive cash flow from that too, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So and, and another benefit too is, you know, if you don't have to worry about a mortgage, but you own the house, so you have complete control uh, and responsibility, but you don't have to pay for a mortgage, how much more things that you can possibly do in your life, right? If you think about it, my life right now, I have a daughter that lives here as well. She's like one and a half years old. Uh, and we enjoy our time outside of the house, right? If we it, Now we're inside the house nowadays because of COVID, right? Yeah. But it, think about once we're, we're all done with work and she comes home from school and my wife comes home from work, we actually enjoy being outside, going to a restaurant or, or being outside, right, in general going to the park, right? We don't really like to stay inside. We only want to go to sleep, like do watch a movie, right? Those are the only things that really need to be done in a house nowadays, especially in the Bay Area. There's so many things to do, right? So uh, that's kind of how, you know, what my wife and I thought about it. And we're just like, hey, let's subsidize our li biggest living expense so that we can use that capital in making our the other parts of our lives better, going on vacation, those types of things. I think that's a great way to start too, because especially when uh, you know when we're starting real, uh, our careers and everything, and going to be able to buy a house and looking at the numbers in total, if you can afford the down payment and get into the door, and having these um, you know extra tenants to help pay for the rent, that is it actually becomes cheaper than um, renting itself, right? Absolutely, absolutely. It, de then, it depends on the property. Depends on the properties, right? For for this property, it's. Has six bedrooms, <laughs> six so I rent out. Yeah, I rent out every single bedroom, right? But if you have like a three three bedroom, two bathroom house, probably won't be able to pay for the whole uh, mortgage uh, in in a house like that, uh, unless you live like in the, the living room, which you know I've I've heard also been done here as well. Yeah. And I think even like nowadays too, like you mentioned before, people, um, you know, just want to come in and out. They want to have a nice place to stay, a nice place to relax, especially if you get a big house with six bedrooms, it's a lot right. of square footage. So there's a lot right. of room for separation, but you also get to enjoy the house itself, like the backyard, things like that. And you're Absolutely. coming in and out. You're not really seeing people, but you're yeah. able to live in a good area. You're able to live in a good house and be around good people to, you know, live. Right. Sure. Good work, Absolutely. work from home, COVID, yeah. you know, everything going on. It makes it better than renting a studio or one bedroom, something's farther away. Not right. As much, right. Right. Absolutely. So how do you guys get started with house hacking anyways? Like, you know, like how, how did you guys think about it and start moving? Say, Hey, actually we should do house hacking. Have you, you know, how did you look into it and go that route? Yeah, it was, it was an accidental, uh, uh, I guess, strategy. Um, Tom, the founder and CEO of the company, uh, he actually unknowingly purchased his first house hack. It was a nine bedroom, five bathroom house. Nine bedrooms um, for your first nine house. Nine bedrooms. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. And it's uh, almost right across the street from the Levi Stadium. Right? That's really good. So it's, it, it's a really good uh, prop piece of property. Uh, it's the biggest house on the block by far. Right? I think it's uh, three th about 3,000 square feet as well, just the same as this one. Uh, and so it came with nine bedrooms already and he didn't know what to do with them all. He just thought it was cool. Oh, look, nine bedrooms. I'll have yeah. one where I can sleep in, one where I, you know, I can work out in, right? You can do everything, right? Yeah. Um, I would not know what to do with nine bedrooms up front, right? You know, exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then this was when Airbnb wasn't even a big thing yet. So eventually he's like, hey, you know, like, 
let's rent out three of the bedrooms. And the cool thing about that house is it's sectioned off. So they built walls, right, where they wouldn't even need to, and, and they have uh, multiple entrances. So they wouldn't even need to see the person on the other side, right? They, they put in door locks, uh, the coded door locks, so that they can enter freely, right? Um, so those three rooms that he's renting out there, he pays for the entire mortgage of the property, right? And then amazing. Yeah, so he's just like, this is really cool. Like, I don't have a mortgage. I can live life the way I want. I practically live for free because he doesn't, you know, uh, spend a lot. He, he can choose not to spend a lot on his outings and things like that. But uh, we love to have fun, by the way. <laughs> you, guys, <laughs> so really, he, you guys work hard. Yeah, yeah, we work hard, and then we, we love to have fun too. So, um, you know, we always have drinks, and, and we entertain a lot of guests there as well. But uh, for the three bedrooms, he doesn't have to pay a dime in mortgage expenses, which is great because both he and his brother live there in the other six bedrooms right so <laughs> what, what, what else can you do that in santa clara across the street from levi stadium that, yeah exactly especially with yeah. when the airbnb came along and you have all these rooms with the rentals right. with the market going strong uh, right. it probably gives you a lot of positive cash flow a lot of good you know income from that generating it and just having Absolutely. it makes a, yeah. a lot of sense and i don't think most people start like hey i'll just buy a nine bedroom for my starting house and i'll figure yeah. it out and then exactly. rent pay for the whole house and that's actually the one of the best things about house hacking is that you can potentially live for free if you run the numbers find a good area find a big house that you could have multiple bedrooms in right and just you know get along with uh tenants and you know mm-hmm. become a manager become a property manager and manage the property but that income alone is so much greater than uh just working right absolutely absolutely how hard is it to get you know, uh, that type of income and you have to worry about taxes and everything else. But if you're saving that money, it's already, it's already money in the bank, right? It's already money going into your house. So it's huge. And you started off before too, you were, um, in the financial industry too, before you got into real estate, right? Yes. I was, I was a private client advisor at uh, Chase, JP Morgan. Uh, so I understood a lot of the, uh, the numbers prior to making the jump into real estate. Uh, and then I also got to watch, uh, I, I've known Tom and Ken for uh, about four or five years uh, as well. Well, no, I know Ken since we were kids. We were in the Boy Scouts together. Uh, and then I watched them do a couple of projects. And I was like, let me see the numbers for these things. Let's see if they work. Right. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is incredible. How can you possibly do this? Right. And it's kind of blown my mind because a lot of my own clients have told me in the past, too. They said, hey. You know, Bruce, you need to, to attain wealth. You need to invest in real estate, right? Um, and I, I understood, but I didn't really understand until I saw the numbers from the, their flip projects, from uh, the other avenues that they invest in as well. So millions are made in real estate that we don't really even know of. My, my parents themselves, they're a great story as well. Like they came here, they didn't have anything, right? And then they saved up all their money to purchase their one piece of property. Right in the Bay Area, and that property made them five hundred million, uh, five hundred million dollars in profit. Right, and that's not a uncommon story here, where people just save up all their money and buy one property, and now they're millionaires. Right, so that power doesn't come from any other asset class that I can see. Right, you might be able to do a hundred times, like a hundred percent, two hundred percent. I mean, tech can do it, but then you have to find the right tech company. There's like how many tech companies are there? A ton, yeah. <laughs> right? Even ones that we don't even hear about, right? So we hear about the Apples, we hear about the Googles, but they're unicorns, right? They come once 
every what five ten years. That's very true, and yeah. So, for example, you, if you're a prime client advisor and you're looking at the you know just financial models, and you see, hey, you got for example, you work, you save money, you can do stocks, you can do four hundred one ks and things like that. But you know, even for you, you mentioned that real estate is one of the biggest assets and ways to grow you know exponential wealth. And mm -hmm. I think the how quickly it can become, especially like in the San Francisco Bay Area, how right. back in you know two thousand eight, the house is pretty cheap. In general, right. it was still a high time, right? And it was still crashing right. down, but yeah. you know, people still kept believing in it and going in. And look mm -hmm. at today, twenty twenty. How much has the house doubled, tripled, quadrupled on some areas? Right. And right. I don't think our job, our incomes, normal jobs, would do that, right? Unless you work for a tech company, a unicorn. Right. And they gave they gave you a ton of uh, starting uh, like stock options and stocks. Like you can't really do it like that. <laughs> You have to purchase the, the property. And I think it goes back to uh, look like the first key of business, right? Location, location, location. It's like, hey, are you in the right area? Is this the right place to start your business, to own a house, that sort of thing? Kind of have to uh, understand all of those factors uh, in even real estate or any type of business. So that's kind of why we started here as well. Like, I mean, you can buy a house in Texas and rent it out and do a house hack there, but will it have the appreciation power that it does in the bay area that's the uh i think that's the wow factor of the bay area kind of uh, its own market i think so too because the rental market it's been pretty strong throughout and even today it's a little bit harder right now a little more challenging but the fact sure. is that if you have a good house hack that people still pay a good amount like what's the average right now 1250 1350 a room uh, right now we're paying they're paying 1350 a room yeah uh, i think that original like um 1350 or no 1200 was our base uh, our base rent yeah. we know for a fact conservatively we could hit uh, 1200 uh, but in my head I was like dude we can we can hit 1500 if the market uh, back in January was to stay the same I think we could hit 1500 but right now we're like right in the middle 1350 is kind of like our sweet spot uh, the entire house is completely booked out right now uh, for the next two years <laughs> <laughs> nice. so, yeah, it's not, it's not bad. <laughs> Maybe I should start increasing rent. I don't know. <laughs> uh, nah, I think okay. If you have good tenants, I'll, I'll keep them there. You know, absolutely, but, you know, absolutely. I'd rather I'd rather I'd rather have a good tenant than higher rent. Yeah, and thirteen fifty a room, and even if you times it by nine rooms, that's about twelve thousand dollars a month. And if you sure. say, for example, three rooms are covering the principal, interest, tax, and insurance, that's four k, right? So right. technically, you can essentially make a eight k profit a month on this one property alone. That right. well, that, yeah, go ahead. I think that, that the the one the nine bedrooms in Santa Clara. This one has six bedrooms. Six bedrooms, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So even if you do that, you take the other three rooms, that can mm -hmm. potentially pay for your next house as well. So you stack, you start stacking the properties, and each house is paying for the next house. Then essentially, mm -hmm. you can own a lot of houses without covering a mortgage. That's absolutely right. Yeah. That was a fun way to do it. And one thing I talked about with uh, Tom last time was, hey, take the house hack, put it on steroids too. If you can do it with a multi-unit, a big multi-unit with many right. rooms, then you can also make a lot of money too on, you know, and less work. But it's That's different. You have to find the square footage to do that, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. So square footage thing is, is uh, the best, is what we're looking for for these types of projects. Uh, so 3,000 square foot inside of a single family home is, pretty big right there's not very many of them uh they're they're usually really old houses so this one this one in particular was built by the owner the second story so oh, nice. you would 
Yeah, you would assume that he added like 50, about 1,500 square feet, right? Uh, by making it a double story. That's a lot. And that's smart that he built yeah. it uh, back then because it was a lot yeah. cheaper th back then than it is today to build Absolutely. That, that many rooms. It's quite <laughs> expensive right now, too. And uh, yeah. you guys are actually doing that, too. Like, you guys are doing um, construction management and, you know, going through the whole process uh, to house hack, right. right? Absolutely. Yeah. So we take a big hand in, in the construction process, too, uh, just for us to learn. We've only been doing this for four or five years. Uh, so our experience, uh, the more and more projects that we do, I notice that the less and less our construction cost is and the faster we do it. The first time that we did a house hack, full uh, construction costed us three, uh, 300K, right? And then also it took a year's time. So it's a huge amount of time uh, and effort put towards that. But this house that we're doing now, uh, that, that house that we did then in Redwood City was about uh, a year ago, uh, a year and a half ago, let's say. And then this one we completed in four months, nice. two hundred thousand dollars in repairs. So we, and we did we did quite a lot of things as well. So, so that's a lot. Uh, yeah, every time you do a new project, that's a big savings of time and money because you gain the experience from every property. You learn the intricacies, the permitting processes, the issues you run into, and then how oh, to quickly. And then the right contractors, the right vendors, the team. That's the most important part of it. The team dynamic to make it work and go smoother. And each city has its own little details too. Like each city has issues with their own uh, timing, right? Right. Good, going from tw 12 months to four months is a, a lot quicker turnaround. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So the first time we did it, we did, I was like, oh, you know, like we got to do the kitchen, but what is in the kitchen, right? So there's, there's always a really detailed breakdown of every little thing. Where are you going to place the outlet? You know, where does the sink go? These types of things, we didn't really have that type of experience. Uh, so we were kind of trial and error, you know, like most people kind of do that on their on their own. Right. So we're kind of new at it. But now the, this time that we went in, it's like we drew everything out. Every single detail uh, was there and we just started knocking them out. Our construction guys came in. They're like, OK, this is what we're doing today. And they just started knocking them out day by day. And we were on track. Uh, we actually finished a little bit earlier than I expected. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I think and like anything, you do something more and more often, the better and better you get at it. So if you kind of get into the flipping game and expecting to do two flips, that's how much better you can get. But if you get in the game and say, I'm gonna do 10 flips a year, you're just gonna get super, super good at it, right? Until, you know, you automate the whole thing, which is my goal for our marketing team. I'm gonna automate the entire thing using VAs and, and different uh, tools. And we can probably get into that later. Yeah, no, definitely. Let's let's get into that too because you you help with uh you know you're CMO for the, for the Stronger Mountain Properties, but you guys you help with the project management of the uh, the projects and the the marketing of it, right? Sure, absolutely, absolutely. So we're kind of like three CEOs in 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 one, but yeah, I tend to like the marketing a whole lot more. Uh, I do have a hand in the construction process because I do want to learn. It's really interesting, and where else can you like break down a wall or? or put it in a sink, it's, it's fun, right? Um, that's something that my previous job didn't do for me either, right? Like, you know, most of the days I would be crunching numbers and putting together uh, presentations for clients. Uh, I never really built anything other than that, other than portfolios, which was also interesting, but, well, you know, over 10 years, it's just, it just kind of gets like grueling and it's like the same thing over and over again. Uh, but in, in real estate, every property is a little different, really. Uh, and then also the construction and how you build things, 
it's you're up to your creativity. Yeah, it keeps changing too. Yeah, it keeps changing because, for example, when you're buying stuff or modeling, each house has different styles, the quantities, right. the quality, the um, your budget that you can work with to make sure you right. hit the numbers still, and Absolutely. the numbers always changing. So it's mm -hmm. a lot. It's really interesting to learn that too because. Yeah, every property is different and the numbers have to make sense and timing too, especially with COVID right now. It makes right. it a lot harder to predict that you have a good, strong outcome. But if you can have baselines and safety nets, then you can pretty go in pretty comfortably. Yeah, absolutely. Pricing, right? Yeah. And then and, and styles continue to change over the years too. So like last year's style is not maybe not what's in or will get you the best bang for your buck this year, you know? So it's always kind of interesting to read on uh, about that. Right? Yeah, and then with the construction costs going up and the co contractors being super busy, they're like the you know superstars right now, right? And then exactly. <laughs> that makes it harder too. But if you find the right team who's constantly doing it over and over again, then it makes it so right. much smoother. And you guys are also uh, helping in with the construction as well to speed up the right. process. And you're managing it. So you guys are kind of like the uh, GCs of it, the projects. And you have subcontractors going in to finish everything out for you guys, right? Right. Absolutely. Constant how, learning. Constant yeah. learning. How has the automation been too? Like how are you guys streamlining the process, making it smoother? And like, what are you guys learning from each project? Yeah, so it's, it's just like, I guess, every failure that we have, like in, in our first project, for some reason, uh, one of the burst pipes, uh, the, the pipes burst uh, inside. And we're just like, why, why is that? Did we, are we supposed to turn off the water? That sort of thing. These are the questions that you kind of answer before that. So when you're doing it on your own by yourself, you, all you can go off is a YouTube video that you kind of saw, uh, you know, amongst the hundred videos that you probably looked at how to rehab a house right um but now that we have a team right with a general contractor they're kind of guiding us through the details and then we understand the timeline a lot better right like hey the kitchen's going to get done in five days we need an inspector to come and inspect the property before we close up all the walls and all the piping right timing is the, the, the biggest part because when you call the inspector it may take them a week to come out and see you. So what are my construction guys going to do? They're just going to sit around and stare at each other, you know? So it's, it's, it's processes and details like that, uh, that make the, the entire project go along a lot faster. And that's how we can make a project go from a year, right? Uh, a year and a half ago to now four months, right? 3000 square foot house. Uh, I think that's pretty, uh, it's pretty quick on, on most people's standards. Do you guys use any uh, like kind of software systems to project manage and have all the timelines and understand that you know each intricate intricate detail of you know each section and um, how it works throughout? That's it's probably a better question for uh, for Ken. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he's the project manager. Yeah, yeah, he's the project manager. I'm more of like the marketing guy. Okay. So when I so for me, I want to automate the entire marketing process. Okay. Uh, so I know for a fact that Ken has a bunch of uh, tools that he uses. Uh, uh, on his side, and just to kind of give you a, a hint of what that is, he has an entire team in Vietnam uh, that draws out the entire plan, 3D version of it, so we can right. kind of get a visual of of what that might look like. Uh, they have every outlet, you know, according to the specs, uh, city specs, specs uh, of San Jose, right? Uh, they they have every door measured, uh, and it's really easy to look at once it's all drawn out. So those, those are the type of systems that we put in already. Okay, good. I'm glad I'm excited to talk to Ken soon about that too. So Ken, you'll be on soon, right? 
Yeah, we'll get the construction stuff, talk about that. So in terms of marketing, how do you guys go about marketing in general? Like, you know, who do you market to and what do you guys do? Yeah, so we have different avenues of marketing. Uh, one of them is reaching out to real estate agents because agents are looking for the housing. They're, they're kind of like the first line uh, uh, of people that, that talk to sellers of homes, right? So we do have a good relationship with a lot of real estate agents that work in the areas that, that we like. Uh, right now, we're focusing a lot more in the South Bay than the, the North Bay. Um, but we have had projects out there. That's kind of how we met each other as well. Yeah. Uh, on one of our projects, right? That was fun. Uh, yeah, that was fun. And so uh, I guess we, we contact, have contact with real estate agents. We also go direct to seller as well. Uh, we cold call, uh, max text message. Um, and then I have a call center team that I'm developing now, so they'll make those calls for me, right? Um, in the past, even in my wealth management career, uh, I did a lot of cold calling at the beginning of it. And then later on, uh, I just took appointments, um, but yeah, so I'm using that experience to build uh, our cold calling center here just to get, you know, the really qualifying questions out of the way so that I can have the real conversation of, you know, why are they really selling their house, right? Um, the whole point of all of that is to really get a motive, the motivation uh, from the seller so we can understand what it is that they need uh, to kind of move on from their situation, right? So... Yeah, so we we have a cold center. We do cold calling. Uh, I do myself cold calling as well, just to keep the uh, uh, the wheels greased, right? Because if you don't do it, you're kind of like, oh shit, what am I supposed to say now? Or or you have to think about the question, right? Like, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> so uh, so I like to do it every once in a while as well. Um, right now, I'm doing a lot of that, um, and then also mass text messaging, and we also send mailers out to houses as well. But mailers are pretty expensive as far as a marketing strategy. Nice. It sounds like you're doing a lot. I don't think yeah. um, not everyone in the profession even does all that alone in marketing, right? It takes a lot right. of time, a lot of work to get yeah. that done, especially like building a call center. I don't think most real estate agents have their own call centers. And, you know, right. team to build a call center, right? You guys are a company, but you guys are also building call centers. You guys are cold calling. Um, how, many guys, how many people do you guys cold call a day? Um, I, I, we we do it by week. <laughs> by week so, okay. Yeah, so by by week, uh, I think I reach out to like seven thousand. Seven thousand. Seven thousand. Right. So uh, we have a multiple call dialer, right? Uh, yeah. Conversation wise, you probably have like maybe like a good 30, 30 conversations. I my conversations generally last about ten to fifteen ten to fifteen minutes. Um, but then a lot of them are like not interested you know you, you have those types of touches and conversations uh but yeah so 30 uh 30 conversations a week or a day uh 30 conversations a day on my team, right? on your team so, 30 a day on your so team there's there, there's a good there's a good amount of conversation heads so. <laughs> that's a lot so of conversations. Our, our our dialer runs five five um five lines was it five lines at, at a time so yeah a, and then i use um what is it lee sherpa skip tracing which okay. gets gets pretty good information. So we get to the sellers a lot of times. A lot again, again, I said a lot of them are like, no thanks, take my take my uh, take me off your your list, that sort yeah. of thing, right? That's but eventually, the, the thing is, eventually people tend to if, if you or I were thinking about selling our property mm -hmm. until the month of we're actually making a move, we're gonna say get lost, 
right? That's kind of just a fact, right? Yeah. Getting off, right? So when I do get them on the line, I say, hey, you know, like, you know, are you thinking about moving anytime in the next near future, like a year or two years from now? Trying to extend that conversation is really important too. So. I think that's a great way too, because I think a lot of business is actually generated from cold calling. And I think a lot of great top producers, a lot of agents, um, house hackers who actually do call, follow up and talk and create a relationship and try to have a good conversation. There's going to be like 99% say no, but even then, if you, you can get that many conversations per day who actually want to engage with you at the right time, right. you're going to create a lot of business from that. Right. And then mm -hmm. so my bringing back my experience in the past when I worked at the bank, Think about your personal banker, right? Calling you up to say, hey, come on into your bank. And they're just like, why? <laughs> why would I do that? I'm gonna waste like an hour of my time to come in and talk to you. So that's the experience that I had. So extending that conversation out to, you know, what is it that, that they're looking for, if they are even considering, uh, that's important, right? So um, like I said, extending the conversation. So every conversation always starts off with that, no, I'm not selling. Right? Ever? Ever? You're never selling ever, right? <laughs> so just not right now. I, I'll, yeah, not I'll right now. In the future, call me later, right? Or just exactly because they're busy. Exactly. Everyone's busy. Everyone doesn't have time to hear you call. But when the right exactly. when you call at the right time, they will actually right. listen and say, "Actually, yeah, I am thinking about selling. Can you tell me more about it?" And it's all about timing and you exactly. being there at the right time, which is hard. And isn't yeah. it hard to get all these calls and you know have so much a high failure rate when you talk to people? Yeah. It is right, like having oh, conversations. They hang up on you. They just say, "Get lost. Don't call me." When I uh, when I um, when I train my I guess my bankers in the past and my cold callers now, it's I, I tell them it's kind of like uh, your wife, right? <laughs> like you know, like when you first met your wife, you know, you, you either you were shy or like she she was with somebody else or whatever. Like you couldn't really, you know, it was a bad time to ask. Right. <laughs> so you say, Hey, you want to go out? It's like, it's a bad time. I have a boyfriend. I have, I'm busy. I don't want to talk to you. Right. Uh, you're fat. You're ugly, whatever. Right. So, but as time goes on, you get them at the right time. Boom. Oh, you get a first date and then things happen and you build rapport. It's the same thing. Same process. Right. Yeah, so we'll have to ask you about that later then. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's, that's always my analogy when, uh, when I tell people, Hey, it's fine. When they say, when they say F off or, you know, like, Hey, you caught them a bad time. It's okay. You have yeah. no dates. That's how you get the hot girls. You know, you got to work at it and take your time right. And get the right time to get them. That's right. They had to be there at the right time. Right yeah. Place. Or all, one thing you do too is you wait for all the other guys to get them drinks first and you just got to be yeah. the last one there. And when you're the last That's person right. to that drink, you're, you know, <laughs> you get to work. More. That's right. Your percentage is higher now. You keep on talking. Exactly. And all the other guys stare at you and like, oh man, he just won the, you know, he just won the girl or the house, yeah. right? That's right, and they did all the work. <laughs> they started all the work already, broke it all down, and then you right. were there to talk to them. Right. <laughs> that, that makes total sense, and it's it's hard, right? You know, just being your face and saying, no, I don't want to talk to you, get lost. It's hard to overcome that fear, the, those objections. But at yeah. the same time, when you start learning how to engage and how to have a good, fun conversation, you could just go on and on, and they get to know you and say, hey, you're actually trying to help me just figure out my goals, and I do want to sell or I don't want to sell. But if you don't ask, mm -hmm. you don't know. Absolutely. Sometimes Absolutely. sellers don't know either. They don't know if they want to sell and they just, you happen to intrigue their mind about what could you do for me and my family. Sure. Absolutely. So you that's know, one way to building the cold calling center, uh, calling them and prospecting. And that's one of the biggest um, amount of work. Uh, on top of that, you mentioned too, that you guys do marketing in other ways too. Like you, um, mm -hmm. you guys do door knocking too? 
Uh, yes, we do do Nordoc. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> How does that work? So, uh, yeah, so we have we have uh, we bought about ten scooters uh, from China, right? <laughs> so we got them at a pretty good rate. The uh, I know, like the high the the high powered ones. Um, they go like forty kilometers per uh, per uh, forty kilometers per hour. Yeah, forty mm-hmm. kilometers per hour. So it's pretty quick. Yeah, it's, it's kind of dangerous, hard. right? Yeah, it's kind of dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. Uh, but yeah, so we invite people to come in on Fridays to, uh, I guess, ride around with us in different zip codes, uh, just to really understand uh, what the zip code is. Because like I said, I haven't been doing this all that long and neither has Tom and Ken. If you kind of look at our careers, it's like four or five years. It's not much time, especially when we're on projects. Uh, so we take Fridays off to kind of door knock and door hang different zip codes in our area uh, to get a better understanding of it and to kind of touch, talk to people. Right. Right now, we went to a different area. We went to a Redwood City and I tried to door knock there. They're not having it over there. <laughs> so there's some, there, there are some areas that are better to door knock in than others. Uh, when we door knocked in Redwood City, uh, they, they did not like it at all. They called all the neighbors and they said, hey, dude, like there's, there's these weird guys that are coming around. And then I was like, oh, man. And then we started hearing about ourselves like down the street. Right. He's like, yeah, you know, my. My uh, neighbor Joe, he told me about it. You guys were coming. Like, what are, what are you guys trying to do here? I'm like, oh shoot, okay. You know, we're just hey, we're just handing out these door hangers, right? Um, so in San Jose, it's a it's a bit easier to do it because people haven't been seeing each other and they're not so private, right? They want to still say hi to their neighbor and and uh, yeah, they're they're okay with uh, people walking around. So yeah, I think that areas definitely make sense. Like uh, mm-hmm. San Francisco, if you do that, it, some areas can be a lot harder. Some areas can be a little sketchy, and you go right. to more- urban areas some people are more open they're more welcoming they join the nice weather they just want to talk to their right. neighbors or see you know what's exactly. going on and some areas yeah. you know like some areas they might want to be super private and everything they move there yeah. to be private and they just don't want to be bothered right yeah i mean i've had so the thing about door knocking and if you've done door knocking yourselves um then you have the experience of there's some neighbors that are like yeah hey this is, my name is bruce so you know i work with, with stronger moms and we just buy up houses right in the area it's like Oh yeah, Joe over there. He's he's selling his house. Here, let me introduce you to him. And they walk me to his house and say, "Hey, this is Bruce. Like he he said that you were thinking about selling." Him. And then they have a conversation with you. I've had those, nice. and then I've had the ones where it's just like, "Get out of my neighborhood. I don't want you here. I'm gonna tell everybody on the block to like not open the door for you." I'm like, "Wow. <laughs> okay, sorry to bother you." <laughs> yeah, it's you know? nothing personal. Just you know, for right. their own for, for their own privacy, their own yeah. safety, whatever they think uh, it is. They just don't want to hear it. So right. you just move on, right? Absolutely. So it's just like anything else in marketing. Marketing is a numbers game, right? Yeah. You're going to, I expect to hear no's all day. And when I hear a yes, I'm like, cool, let's do this. How right? many no's uh, do you like, hear before you hear a yes? How many no's do I, I, I don't, I haven't really counted them because uh, we have different avenues, but I hear a lot. It's, it's most of my days is no. So that's, that's kind of what, what I um, tell Ken and Tom too, because they don't do a uh, they, I guess they're, they're focused on construction and the, our networking events. And we do a lot of things, right? So I focus mainly on the actual deal and the actual uh, 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 generation of leads, right? So I hear no's all day. Um, but for for us, I mean, I, I would say it's 99%, right? You get, you get one that might be interested. And out of, that, and out of those, 1% of that will give you a deal, a good deal. So it's just it depends on how much volume you're intaking. We get a lot of those. We get a lot uh, like on um, 
our lead Sherpa when we mass text message. Yeah. Uh, our success rate in delivering the message with a response is about uh, 15%, which is really good. 15% response rate is great. Um, okay. And then, yeah, and then of those, I would say like 1% is interested in selling. And then 1% is a good investment grade deal, right, from that. So it takes a lot. It takes a lot. Like these past um, several months, it's been really difficult. So I've been hearing no's like nonstop, but it's okay. I expect that. I, I enjoy it. And I sometimes when I'm bored, I just continue the conversation. It's like, never. <laughs> right? Like, or when, they're, when, they're, when they send me something funny, they, some people send me back like funny text messages. And it's, it's just fun to engage and to kind of sharpen the sword, right? Through conversation, right? It's like, no, why not? Right? Yeah, I think it's a great play way. It's kind of like role playing and improv, and just having conversations yeah. with people and just trying to engage and learn more about them, what they're doing. And a lot of people might have a lot of negatives, but if you can figure yeah. out what their really in their intentions are, or if you can help them, then it's a great thing. Yeah. You're going for that challenge too to improve your skill sets to have any conversation, any type with any type of personality, and can yeah. you make it happen and connect, build a connection, right? Absolutely, anything to build a connection, right? Yeah, it's hard to hear a lot of no's though. So how does your team handle all the no's? <laughs> How does our team handle all the nose? Uh, I, for me personally, I, I can only speak for myself, and this is the advice that I give them. Yeah, uh, I br I brainwash myself. I, I've taken this from every position that I've been in, uh, because most of my entire or well, my entire career uh, has been in some form of sales, financial sales, and now real estate. Right. Um, so what I do is I brainwash myself in the morning. I listen to motivational speeches. Uh, and then just kind of get in the right mindset for the day. I start off the day going to the gym, right? Uh, just to really uh, get my body ready for the entire day too. Because if you're sitting or if you're standing or if you're showing a property, right? You kind of need to be in a presentation mindset, right? So getting ready and the preparation for that is important. Whether mentally, where I listen to like 10, 15 minutes of motivational speeches, right? Um, and I'm like, yes, I can do it. I can do it, right? Those types of like Tony Robbins and stuff, yeah. right? And then the whole day seems like it goes by like super fast. Nice. Um, and then and then keep my uh, what I'd like to do is I just work out so that I can keep my body healthy and I feel good throughout the day. So that's how I manage the nose. <laughs> that's a good smart way to manage the nose, and I'm sure yeah. you guys are probably keeping track of your numbers too, so you know how many technically how many nose to get to your yes. And when you get Absolutely. there, you're like, yeah, I, we did it again, and we're beating our numbers, right? Mm, right. Are your guys tracking their numbers too? Their sales calls, the uh, amount of like, you know, your return on investments and like knowing the fact, hey, I called uh, one in 100 people will say yes uh, to a conversation, maybe or to an appointment for further discussions. Well, we haven't, we, we're putting together um, a, a tracking system for that on Podio mm -hmm. right now. Uh, but as of right now, it's more like the activity and the appointments taken. So those okay. are our current wins right now. Um, and how we've, uh, I guess, analyzed uh, our successes, right? How many appointments can we go on is our successes. We haven't really done an ROI analysis because we have so many different strategies that we take from, right? Like house hacking is, is our biggest and well-known strategy, right? That we're kind of getting better with every single day. Yeah. Uh, flipping is, is another strategy. We haven't really crunched the numbers on that total ROI or kept track of it, at least. We know per project what it looks like, right? But not the uh, marketing since we haven't gathered all that data yet. 
Yeah, it's a lot of work to build a business and to manage all the details. And then to get to analytical parts of it is even more work and to know your final numbers. But at the same time, when you're hitting your goals and making those numbers right now, that's all you got to focus on first. You know, sales drives everything, solves everything, right? It cures all. It cures all. So let it cure all. And then you just go from there. So you just make more money. That's it. Cures everything. <laughs> it, does. it does. And even today's yeah. time right now, people are still buying and still house hacking, right? And people are still moving oh, and are still renting. Absolutely. Yeah. So we haven't seen any big shift here in the South Bay yet. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like the rental market, and my house is, uh, I'm fully booked out. And when a room came available, it was just taken up like immediately. So it's, a, it's an interesting market that we live in. So to say the least, uh, so I haven't really seen any movement uh, for us in the uh, rental market uh, in I guess the luxury uh, uh, category, right? Um, so we'll see. We'll see what the, the future holds for us uh, towards the end of the year. So right now it's, yeah, right now it's mid-August right now and you're fully booked up for yeah. the next two years. And with yeah. the rentals being pretty stable over there, because like, the houses in the San Jose area, they're, they're skyrocketing right now. Yes, yes, why, they are. Why is that? The uh, I believe that it's because it's low, very low inventory here. So on average, about 15, uh, 1,500 uh, listing, listings uh, available. Right now, it's like below 1,000, right? So the Santa Clara market is going through this time where it's like, yes, people, are, people aren't selling, but there's still buyers here that are working, well, think about the, the buyer pool as well, right? A lot of them come from tech, right? Or real estate, a lot of them, right? And they're still working. They didn't really, they didn't really skip a beat, really. So their income is still coming in. The buyers are still there, but the inventory is, has humbled because of COVID, right? So that's what, keep, I think, propping up the housing prices. And I've seen a lot of homes in specific areas that are actually still increasing in price. So which is really interesting to watch. It's also nice to see too, like for example, I, uh, looking at San Jose for our clients, um, you see that houses with 1,500 square feet, 2,000 square feet, 2,200 or even bigger, uh, mm-hmm. they're going for still a good price compared to the San Francisco market. Uh, right. You're getting a way bigger house, four bedroom plus in a, a good location, good A plus school districts mm-hmm. and you know, nice weather and you know, great, right. great area to live in. And it makes sense. Like why would you want to live in certain areas if you can move to something more relaxing, right? And have right, a big absolutely. house to enjoy, especially right now with COVID. You want more privacy, you want more bigger space, you want a big backyard. Like we don't have six thousand, seven thousand square foot backyards or houses. <laughs> lots, you know? Our lots right. are twenty hundred uh, to three thousand. Right. So you're getting double the size. And then I was thinking about it too. Like, okay, at one point five million or one point seven million, what can you buy in SF? What can you buy in San Jose? You can buy a lot right. in San Jose. Right? right. And you know, a lot of fun over there too. Oh, absolutely. There's a there's a ton of things. I think the San Francisco area is really cool because uh, you have a culture there and then, you know, people like to see other people. That's why you live in the city. But towards the South Bay, people are getting more like, I want a backyard. I want to throw, I want to play catch with my kids, you know, in my own backyard. But more and more, there, there are townhouses down here being built. Uh, so, you know, having a big house and then with all the ADU things going on, right? Um, people, more and more people are building ADUs in their backyard. Right. So there's going to be, I guess, an inflow of uh, things being built here. That's why all of the contractors are still super busy. Uh, even my my father-in-law, he's building an ADU in his backyard. Right. So he's asked for help on that. So it's just 
normal people who normal homeowners are looking for ways to quote unquote house property hack, right? By building these ADUs, helping them with their mortgage, right? So there's a lot, there's a, it's interesting nowadays because there's a lot of different ways to, to do it. House hacking just seems to be our sweet spot. That is a, actually a great thing because I yeah I seen a lot of people wanting to build ADUs now especially if you have such a big house a big lot then you have the room to build an ADU and keep everything private and get that right. additional income it doesn't hurt to have additional income to especially during this time so that way you reduce your risk of your own mortgage your jobs um, everything mm -hmm. going on with uh, expenses right 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 and then if you house hack it like, and add to it then even further so like mm -hmm. a lot of your house hackers are they all living for free or are they are they paying um, a part are still paying a portion of the mortgage uh, of the properties that we own we don't we don't pay any part of the mortgage okay. yeah so they pay we we can cover the entire uh, mortgage for the most part uh, for the, and it, and it depends on vacancies but in my house there's no vacancies at all yeah so, I think that attributes to kind of like the, the location as well. Um, initially, when when the when COVID happened, nobody was going to the Levi Stadium for our Santa Clara property, right? Nobody was going, to, so there were some vacancies there. But for this property, because it's located near San, downtown San Jose, uh, there's a lot of work to be done there. So I didn't see very many vacancies. Maybe I saw a vacancy for maybe a week, and that's it, just to get somebody good in there. How do you people find you guys anyways when you have a house hack? How do people rent from you? Yeah, so we use uh, Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, um, and Airbnb long-term, mm -hmm. right? So it's a month, month minimum. Uh, so people in general, people who rent a month minimum are here for business, right? They're not generally here for vacation. Um, and so, and we always vet them out too. So we ask like a checklist of questions. Um, you know, like, oh, you know, what's what's your reason for for being here for a month, that sort of thing. And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm here for business. I may extend longer. So those are, are, are short term rentals in my perspective. And then I use those to get the longer term rentals. Right. So for people who want to stay, hey, I have a career here. I just don't want to pay like twenty five hundred dollars for like a one bedroom, one bathroom apartment. Right. So, you know, this is a low cost. However, I feel comfortable and safe uh, living in a house hack. So, so we're yeah. that kind of like the middle ground. That's actually a great way too. So it's basically, basically like normal, like a rental and you're treating it similar where you're doing all the vetting, making sure you have really good applicants, making sure that you, you find out everything you can to learn about them to make sure that when they're placed in the home, that they're also placed with other great tenants that all can kind of get along together, even oh, if absolutely. there's separation and you're doing that yeah. and then making sure that they can pay the bills, right? Yeah, absolutely. So a really cool, interesting thing too, is it's a lot of young people. Like I get, I have a lot of young people that are in here. I think we're ranging from the ages. I'm the oldest. It's weird for me. <laughs> like, man, I feel old. old. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm 33 years old. Right. And old then, uh, I'm, yeah, I know. And I, I feel old. Right. So in here, there's uh, age ranges of 22 to, uh, to 33. Well, actually, if you count my daughter, it's a one and a half to yeah. <laughs> 33, but you know, she doesn't pay any rent. You feel yeah, 10 years older than the kid, right? That's right. <laughs> I got to start charging her younger. rent. <laughs> you get younger, but you get tired. So you feel like your energy level is like just getting drained, but you're, you know, having yeah. way more fun, you know, enjoying yeah. taking care of a kid and, you know, having just that life. You know, I, th I think for the whole the whole having the kid thing, it's the most selfless thing that you can do. Really, there's nothing like 
Like that I can say that, oh, I'm doing this for me. I'm having a gift for me. It's like super selfless. And the thing is when you're, when you come home from a long day of work and you're tired, like the best thing that my wife can do is like, look what she learned today. And then she does something super cute. I'm like, ah, and it, all that BS that I had to deal with today. Oh, that's so worth it. That was funny. Right. And then you just kind of get a breath of energy. That's one of the biggest whys to having mm. your kids, is, you know, your wife, of course, but you, your kids do come up first um, mm. and just seeing them watch you and learn and just seeing them learn something new. And they, they, they don't have fear. They try new things. They learn and they grow. Right. So we should oh, be yeah. doing the same thing as adults. We should be learning. We should be growing. We should be, be getting rid of the fear and going for right. it. And then I think that's one of the biggest reasons why you guys are so successful is because, you know, you guys are able to handle the fear, the objections and kind of see your big why your kids and family and motivation right. to move forward to grow mm -hmm. and to build a life for yourself, especially being able to live in a house, a nice house in a great location to live for free, to use all that's the money great. you guys make from your incomes now or from the uh, cash flow to build your personal wealth, to be able to pay for kids, their tuitions, the classes they want, and let them do anything, like learn everything they want to learn, right? Right. Without that and just working a normal job, it gets a lot harder because you can only grow so much in a normal job. Right. And then for me, I was, in that job, if you really wanted to be really good at it, it takes time away from all of that too, right? So when I, when I was a, an advisor, I was working six days a week and like from six o'clock to like seven o'clock at night, right? So it was over, over 12 hours if you count in driving and then preparation for it. Um, it, it takes a lot out of you. And when you when you come home, it's kind of like, ugh, like you didn't spend any money today and you, you made, Maybe I made a good amount of money there. It's just that the, what do you have to show for it, right? Do you have a house? Do you have all these things, right? Whereas now I control my whole day. The entire day is mine, right? I get to learn. I can read a book. I can uh, meet people that is, is super interesting. That's the biggest thing about 9 to 5 too. You're not able to meet other entrepreneurs, right? And then trade ideas with them. Hey, how can you make this better, right? You're, you can only talk to your like what I was doing, I was talking to my clients and I was talking to other advisors. You can't, you're not really talking to a, uh, a, a tech person that is building systems in his tech process, right? So you're not really training those types or masterminding with them, right? That's the biggest, I think, uh, thing that uh, I can take away from ha having a business like this. I can talk to people like you, trade ideas on how we can make our businesses better, right? Um, in the financial advising world, right? You can only talk to other advisors and then your company. Your company has a specific way that they wanna do something. You're, you're essentially, in my perspective, you're essentially replaceable. They can, yeah. they can replicate you eventually. Right? Exactly. So, I agree to that too, because I came from the tech world too. You basically are part mm -hmm. of a big system and you're there and you're replaceable at any time. And yeah, you mm -hmm. do your work, you have fun, you learn, but you're still stuck in one area of focus, like direct focus. Right. You're in one specific area. You don't have that room to grow and to expand and learn everything you want to do. You don't have any control. You're just following the lead, right? And just doing as you're told. And it's so much harder right. because in your life, you want to have a really good life. You want to build and become, a, even if it's hard, become a really good entrepreneur who could create anything and work with a lot of people out there to help each other grow. It's completely mm -hmm. different, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a, that's a big challenge though, too, to take that risk and say, hey, I'm going to go from corporate world to go into real estate, to go into house mm -hmm. hacking, to build a life. But it looks like you guys are doing really well doing that. And the, there's a lot of challenges in just being a business, especially with COVID going on and all the businesses shutting down. It's a lot oh, yeah. of work. 
but I think it's scary. It's, initially when it happened, when uh, COVID happened, uh, we were in the, we were, I guess, in the middle stages of, of building the house. And our concern was like, Dang, can we, can we hit our rental prices? Can we uh, still rent out? Like, you know, and no one's moving. Right. So we were, all of these things came up in COVID, but then uh, with other entrepreneurs to, in our network, we we're like, Hey, how are you guys uh, considering this? What is the rental market like? Like we get to trade ideas all day. Right. And it makes us more confident in that way, in that way, just kind of, uh, breathe in other people's experiences, right? So it becomes our own. So that's, that's actually a good huge. thing too. And real estate is pretty open about communication. There are really agents and people are investors and flippers, everyone and house hackers are open to telling you what's going on with their business, with industry, with their location, and just saying, sharing ideas. In corporate world, right. other competitors are not going to tell you anything, right? They're not going to tell you, here's our right. There you go. Have fun, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, that's true. Help you build your business. So that's mm -hmm. actually a great thing too. And because you have good rental incomes coming in, it makes you safer. And with that mm -hmm. in mind, you can still keep growing. Uh, if they all vacated, which is hard because the vacancy rate is not that low, uh, mm -hmm. not that high where they all leave, right? Right. So then no, no. building. Well, I mean, if you have a uh, a good product, I, I think that um, it it doesn't really matter. You can you can withstand a lot longer than if you had like some closeted room with like you know a desk and some mattress there but for our product like people seek out for it so a lot of the um i guess prospective tenants when i was interviewing them came from uh, communication hill which is a really nice area uh in, you know where i live right and people were renting up there but then they were like uh why am i paying five thousand dollars for for a two-bedroom apartment <laughs> crazy <laughs> That's so, a lot of that's a lot of money. So they, you know, wanted to look for other alternatives and a 13, 1350 for a private bedroom, private bathroom, and they're all sizable. So like, why not? That's like half the rent per room that can, compared to uh, what they were paying initially. That's a huge savings. Then they can use their, mm -hmm. their extra money to invest themselves, to house hack themselves, mm -hmm. to just right. take care of their family, enjoy life more. And that's right. a great savings. So what's the plan for 2020? What are you guys doing now? Um, how's the market? Are you guys house hacking still? Are you guys still buying properties? Are you guys still marketing? Yeah, we're, we're doing we're doing a lot more uh, quick sales now um, as far as like wholesaling, right? Uh, we've done... We've done like two, right? Um, majority portion of the year was to complete this project. That was the, especially when once COVID happened, right? COVID happened, like, oh, what do we do now, right? So this, we are, our entire um, operation was focused on finishing this project, right? Because if we extended it, right? I know of some flippers that unfortunately had to extend their project for like over six, seven months now when oh. they're, yeah, when they're like um, expected date to finish is like two months. Yeah. Reason being is for they're planning on extending houses, getting permits for that, having their team uh, start. But then, you know, once COVID happened, everything kind of shut down. They couldn't go out. For us, I was still coming here because it was owners, right? I'm the owner. So I can come here and work on my house, <laughs> right? I so did. that was not a big issue. So all my construction workers were just in here uh, doing our thing. Um, and then, so now I think in June is when we kind of started back up the marketing, uh, uh, process, uh, and we're doing a big push on that to completely automate it so that when we do take on long projects, uh, that it'll still continue running in the background, right? It'll, uh, and that's kind of why 
the automation of it is super uh, is our goal this year, right? To hit 20,000 houses or get 20,000 houses um, per month in our area every single month automated um, through our VAs, through uh, mailer campaigns, through different different avenues. That's a great target goal, and that's a good way to do it. And automating it and having assistance help is definitely a big help because there's no one team or one person can do it all themselves. You need a whole army to do that to make it happen. And then, right. cool. So we're about to wrap up right now, but like, how do people work with you guys on house hacking, and how they how do they get into house hacking with you guys, and how do they reach you? Yeah, so uh, you can reach me at Bruce at Suit Two Boots uh, on Instagram, <laughs> or you can reach out to me on Facebook. Um, but the best thing you can do, and I tell this to uh, everybody that wants to start in real estate is just to go network with people, which is really hard right now. Right. Uh, but join like Facebook groups, uh, or reach out to people who are already in real estate, like, like yourself, you're a real estate agent. You know, if I was interested in real estate, uh, at the time when I was working at the bank, I didn't know that many real estate people. Right. But then I met Tom, Ken, all these guys. And so I asked them, Hey, you know, how can I help in your business, bring them value? And then they say, wow, Bruce, you do a lot of good work. Like you want to come with us, like writing to go door knocking. I'm like, cool. How much, what can I learn from there? So for me, it's always finding the right people too. Cause some people, they just, you know, like they say they want to do it. Right. They say they want to be an investor. They say, uh, I, I want to do the, mar the marketing. Uh, but that's just all talk. There's some people that will just be like, I will go on every, I will see you every day I'm available. And those are the people that, um, that we want to help and we want to attract because our time is valuable, right? Like your time, super valuable. You can spend it with your kid or you can help develop somebody, uh, in, in real estate, right? So it's, it's, ha you, they have to bring value first, right? And yeah. then for us to be like, Hey, you know, like, let's go. Let's, let's, let's make some phone calls. Let me train you. Like that, that that's a big portion of my day. Right. So that's how they can reach out to us. You can reach out to through Facebook, uh, through our Instagram. Um, yeah. And then my phone number, 408-712-6041. So just give me a call. Nice. I'm glad to hear that. And then a great way, like you mentioned, yeah, make sure people, there's like an 80 20 rule. And the, when you find those 20% who are doing 80% of the business or want to learn how to do the 80% of the business, getting to sure. be able to work with people like you and, you know, see from all these different avenues how to connect, how to learn, how to work, and actually doing, doing is the hardest part, executing and doing it. And once they start sure. learning from you and doing it, then they actually can get in really quickly and grow and become a house hacker, become an investor, become, sure. uh, and just start building real estate wealth. But those who say, hey, I'll sit back, watch what happens, just, you know, watch TV, whatever, and sit back and hang out, then it's not going to yeah. happen, right? You got to find it's the never going to happen. <laughs> you need to push forward and just do it. And that's the hardest part. You don't sit there, just keep learning, 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 and never doing it. Mm -hmm. So cool. I'm Absolutely. excited to learn more from you guys. Uh, I want to talk to Ken next time. We're talking about construction, talk about the management of construction, how to go through the whole process of house hacking and go from there. So thanks so Perfect. much for sharing uh, today uh, about you know lead gen marketing and how to live for free doing house hacking. Ah, thank you for having me. Cool, I appreciate it, man. And for everyone, uh, check us out on our podcast, The Truth About Real Estate Events and More at MatthewMa.com or on Apple Podcasts, and we'll see you guys soon. Thanks. Take care.